0: Oh yeah!
1: LSU. What's up? Happy Thanksgiving back here in the Tigers Avenue episode number 6. Hey, we just want to let you know here on Thanksgiving how thankful we are. Uh, for your support of this podcast, we really enjoy doing this. We love talking about LSU sports. Obviously, it's a blast, so we appreciate all your support since the beginning. This has really been a blessing and a whole lot of fun. Uh, Zach, do you have any thoughts? I'm excited to be here together uh, for the first for the time, first time yeah. ever.
0: Our, our whole point of this podcast was to try and create a living room setting right. uh, conversation with each other and we haven't really had that with you being in Jonesboro me being here mm-hmm. but for
1: Thanksgiving we're together so we're able to do this here absolutely. in the Tigers Avenue absolutely here for some family time and Thanksgiving uh, meals I don't know about y'all but I've ate way too much as normal and I'm full as a tick but we got some stuff to talk about let's get right into it um LSU basketball this weekend is playing in the Emerald Coast Classic. They got four teams in it that we're going to be participating with. We got, of course, the Tigers, Penn State, Oregon State, and Wake Forest. Uh, Oregon State Wake Forest will play each other tomorrow after the Penn State LSU game. The winners of those games will play each other for the championship. The losers of those games will play for, I guess, consolation, you could very much say. Pretty heavy favored. Uh, the P- Penn State is three and one on the season with a loss to to UMass. Um, give me your thoughts on what you think this this game, how this game may go. So I know me and you have
0: talked a little bit about this before the show, and we kind of disagree a little bit on how we think this game is going to go. I want to give you my reasoning. So for you listeners, I, I I don't know why, but in my gut, I believe this game is going to be Probably the closest game that the Tigers have played all season. I know Liberty and Belmont were those big games um, that yeah. were predicted to be a lot more closer than they actually were. Yeah. As we saw, the Tigers just blew them out of the water and amazed us. But something in my guts telling me this is going to be a closer game. And the reason that I, I am saying that is not because of the talent of Penn State. I Specifically, believe that because of this being the very first yeah. game away from the PMAC, it's a neutral site. They're in Florida, and it's just going to be a different setting. I mean, it definitely could be. There's no doubt about that. Um, I, I think the Tigers are going to win. Right, I'm just saying, I right. think, and I think they're going to cover the point spread. Yeah. But I think you know we've we've gotten used to this thirty point win, forty yeah. point yeah. win, just beating the brakes off of them. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm thinking this is going to be like a ten to
1: fifteen point win, right? And speaking of the spread, the spread is is nine and a half, and you know, I I'm really buying into it, man. I, I know, like you said, it's going to be close. I just don't see it. I mean, you look at Penn State's record; they're three and one, right? And you're thinking, okay, they got one loss. Well, you go and look at the schedule, and their losses to UMass. And their three wins are against Youngstown State, St. Francis, Brooklyn, and Cornell. And then they're going to step up to LSU. Cornell, Ivy League? Yes. So I'm like, (laughs) you know, and they haven't beaten any of them, like, in a massive way. UMass kicked their tail. It was 81-56. to Oof. And if I were to be a, a betting man, <laughs> I would bet that point spread, no doubt. So I think they are going to win big. And another reason I think they're going to win big is is Will Wade put an emphasis th- on this in his post-game uh, press conference the other day. After the win against Belmont, he said, you know, we've been horrendous in these early season tournaments. And he said, we've got to do better at this. He said, "We got to go prove ourselves in these early tournament, uh early season tournaments." And he, and so I think he really wants to make a statement in this tournament uh because he, I mean, he's right. I don't remember. I don't think the entire time Will Wade has been here, we've won one of these tournaments. I mean, we had a chance against Florida State that one time, but we we blew it in overtime. So. We haven't won one yet with with Will Wade, and I think he wants to capitalize on, on this. And the way the Tigers have been playing and what I'm looking at with Penn State, I think it's going to be a, a massive win again. And I think Tigers hold them under 60 points. I mean, with if it's going to be
0: a team to do it, it's going to be this team, right? So you got to believe he's going to have them ready. We've, they've already exceeded expectations this season. Um, Especially, obviously, I know we've talked about it a lot, but after the Adam Miller injury, they, you know, they've already exceeded the expectations yeah. just from that. Yeah, uh, this seems like this is what you were going to see with Adam Miller on the court. Yeah, right. But, but we're seeing we're seeing them, it without him. Like, yeah, without it's, it's... him, and so it's just really impressive to see these young guys and these transfers really pick up. You know where we thought. All the scoring was going to come from, and they've picked up the slack on that end.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see how the Tigers play outside of the PMAC. I, I am, and, yeah. and I think that is going to play a factor in it. You may see a slow start, yeah, um, to the game, but I think once the Tigers get in the roll of things and get the groove on, it's going to be pretty. It's going to be a runaway type of game. Can't stop
0: the train from running down the track. Yeah,
1: you can't can't stop the freight train rolling. Um, Going back on a little bit from last week, I, don't, I I didn't mention this and I meant to. Belmont last year lost four games. Belmont was twenty six and four last year, and that was I don't know if you knew this, but
0: the that Belmont team that we played this year is a veteran is juniors and oh, seniors.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. And we're playing with freshmen and transfer transfer sophomores. I mean, they're really the only veteran guy on our team is – D.D. Is is D.D. I mean, you you got Eric Gaines coming off the bench and Mwani starting. Still sophomores. But last year was their first year, right? So, man, it's going to be – I'm just excited about this team. There's a whole lot to like about it. Um, Let's talk about uh, Penn State's players a little bit here I'm looking at. Their best scorer is – is their guard, Sam uh, Sessoms, really the only guy I see here that's going to be a problem uh, maybe offensively. Seth Lundy, their, their forward averages 17 a game, and then after that it's a large drop-off. And it looks like once you get past their starting five, there's even more of a drop-off, and that's advantage Tigers, right? Mm-hmm. Because we've we've talked about it several times. Uh, the depth is there for the Tigers. Terry Yeason, Eric Gaines. And, you know, we haven't talked about it a lot. And I don't even know if we've mentioned it at all. But Sharif O'Neal and Justice Williams have not even dressed yet. They have not even dressed yet. They have not been on the court at all. The LSU Tigers, with the way they are playing, are not even at full strength. If you add Adam Miller, if you add Sharif O'Neill, and if you add Justice Williams, holy smokes. I mean – you're looking at a like eleven man rotation, almost. I mean, that's that's you add three more guys, and you already got two coming off the bench. That's that's ten. You're that's at almost, ten. You're getting close to like three three teams. Yeah, like it's. I mean,
0: two it's and impressive. a half.
1: Impressive. I mean, and, and 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 I know Will Wade had made mention to Justice Williams that he had he had started practicing again. Justice Williams was one of the top shooting guards in the nation, and if I remember correctly, he was like thirteen in the in the overall ranking. he's the one
0: that reclassified right? yes
1: he was in the class of 2023 reclassified to the class of wait no or 2022 yeah and reclassified to 21 and signed with this class and is on the team he's just been battling a slight injury and hasn't dressed yet but it sounds like he's close to it and he's probably going to be an immediate you know contributor off the bench and then you know, once you add Sharif, I mean, Sharif has been with the team two years now. Yeah, two this years. Is, this now? is his second year. Second
0: year. With no, unless the team. he had to wait to transfer, I'm not sure. He, you know, but unless I, he had to wait to play to
1: transfer, uh, I'm pretty sure it's his second year with the team. Last year was his first year with the team. Yeah, and this is definitely so the, the first
0: year that we saw him on the
1: court. So you so you add another person like Eric Gaines and Emwani Mil- Wilkinson to the team, and we all know that Sharif has length and height and can add more depth to the forward, like, 3-4 position. He's a rebounding machine, de- defensive threat. Yes. He's not much of an offensive threat, but no. definitely going to help us on the defensive side. And, I mean, offensive uh, boards and offensive boards. And Will Wade hones in on that a lot. You know, a lot of people criticized Will Wade, you know, has criticized him in the past years about his defense. And he said, you know – He said, I I think it's not much of our – he was alluding that it's not much of our defense. He said, we were making people miss shots. We just couldn't rebound. So, they were getting second-chance shots. And he said, you know, one of the major differences this year as well is we've been rebounding a whole lot better. So, if you add Sharif to that as well, you know, (laughs) it just gets even better. Um, But I expect the Tigers uh, to win big, and that's my prediction. That's tomorrow night. Or excuse me, Friday night. Let me say that specifically. Friday night at 6 p.m. tip. Which one of this podcast re- is released be tonight? It will be to- Technically. Yes. yes. So tomorrow
0: night for us right now, tonight for you listeners. Right. right.
1: I predict they win big and they hold 10 state under 60 points. How much do the Tigers score? How much do the Tigers score? I'm going to say in the range of. 75 to 80 yeah i was kind of thinking the 75 80 and i would say like 80 to 85 but like you said with the the change in scenery first time being away from the pmac i expect maybe a little bit slower start maybe not as much you know offense as we've been seeing so maybe 75 80 58 74 58 74 i like that score i like that
0: score if
1: that's what it is, I would be pumped.
0: We keep them under the 60 mark, and we kind of hit right, around right. that area of where I'm thinking it's going to be a little bit more closer than it's been with the last five opponents. Yeah. yeah.
1: All right. Well, we've, I think, covered just about everything with the basketball. Um, maybe one more thing. Do you think Darius stays gets back to it tomorrow? I know you had nine points. I think a lot of that, hard. though, was mostly just because Tari was popping off. They,
0: uh, we we said it in the last podcast, so there's no really need to just rehash it. But a lot of the guys, the other starters, uh, which Tari's not a starter, but I mean you can basically count him as a starter. Um, Tari had a big night. Efton had a pretty good night, even though it was a really quiet night for him. He yeah. still had a big night. Um, uh, X had a big night. Brandon Murray had a big night. So you know, I I, I think that was more so just the other guys getting hot. Yeah than Darius um not having a great night.
1: Yeah. But we'll we'll see. It's exciting and I think the train keeps rolling tomorrow. And I'm gonna go ahead and make the prediction that LSU wins this tournament and getting the first early season tournament win for Will Wade. Will they play on Saturday? LSU. Uh they should they'll yes. play Saturday. They'll right? play to, they'll play Friday. If they win it win or lose. Win or play. lose. They'll play Friday They'll play the winner or loser on Saturday of Wake Forest, Oregon State. All right, I think that pretty much covers the uh, basketball game preview. We'll move to the LSU-Texas A&M game for Saturday. Um, Zach, I know we've kind of been down a little bit on football. You know, I mean, I I think understandably so. I mean, considering all things offensively, it's been really – black but, but reason to be yeah, but I want this to end on a high note I want this season to go out on a high note um lSU obviously is not favored in this game a and m is favored to win by about sixty one percent to thirty eight and a m has a six and a half point spread on the game which is not as much as I thought it may have been I think people they started on i think seven and a half so I it's come down. Wrong. It's
0: come down now. It, it, I think it went down as far as six mm-hmm. uh, a couple of days ago, and it's come up just a bit. So the odds makers, the betters, they're they're kind of laying money on LSU right now. Yeah, and uh, obviously the football power index is is not. I mean, they're heavy favorites for A and M, but yeah, uh, the betters they're they're laying some money on LSU right now, and it might be just because. It's Edo's last game. There's going to be a lot of hype, a lot of emotion for the guys, the players coming into this game.
1: You know, there's been some – you know, there's been some statements made this week by Mm -hmm. the Tigers that, you know, based on the season we've had, you're kind of like – you know, at first you're kind of like, like, you know, you better be careful what you say. Um, But then you you step back and you're like, you know what, Um, you know, why not? Why not have confidence going into the game, you know, Get ready for this game and try to go out with a bang. Oh, you
0: must be talking about the demon Clark, Clark statement. Said,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Demone Clark. Oh, oh, we're beating him. We're he beating said, him. "Oh, we're
1: beating him." Oh, we're and beating I'm him. And I'm like, like you know, take oh, it easy, Demond. <laughs> but like, I get it. Like, this man's up for the. He's a finalist for the Buckus. I mean, he kind
0: of has room to talk,
1: right? He's he's a finalist for the Buckus. Other guys, maybe not. so He funny. leads the entire nation in, in tackles. Like he's going to be a a, a a a potentially a, a round one draft pick. Um, Should be at this point. It, so he's got a lot of, you know, he's playing for. Like he, I feel like he's got a lot of pride. His last game of his college football career. And I mean, Damone, I mean, Don Demone Clark was recruited by Ed Ortrup, so I think he wants to play hard for 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 Ed and his uh, potentially final game at LSU. Uh, another big thing is Ty Davis Price has the chance to have a thousand rush yards season if he gets eighty one yards in this game. And that's wild, based on what, uh, yeah, but considering how it, how it started, and it felt like we couldn't even touch fifty yards rushing for the first like four or five games. Mm-hmm. Until Kentucky, you know, yeah. Until Kentucky, it was like it was completely non-existent, and now he's eighty-one yards away from a thousand-yard season, which is just crazy. But you know, you'd love to see him get that and finish out the year strong as well. Another thing is Coach O, after the ULM game, as boring and as sluggish as that game was, it was said that he came to the locker room and took his shirt off and got all hype and excited and went all Ed Orgeron on the locker room. And, uh, you know, it was like, you know, let's get pumped for this game coming up. Um, so it seems like there's some excitement building and they want to – Finish the season on an exclamation point. The other thing is, you're playing for for a bowl berth, right? You're five and six. Um, LSU is is staring its first losing season in the face. And what was how long has it been? Twenty one years. Ninety nine. So twenty one years. You're staring at your first losing season. In 21 years in the face. And I just, you just got to think Ed Ordron with the pride he has for Louisiana. I mean, he's going out. These players like Damone Clark, they want to finish the season strong. And you got to think they want to play in a bowl game. Now, Zach, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know about you. And I've actually talked about this with some of my college friends. To me, I could care less about bowl games. I do not care about making a bowl game. For me,
0: uh, unless they come to the Liberty Bowl.
1: I mean, they come to the. I'm not. I'm not talking about this season. I'm talking about bowl games. Period. Like I don't care about them. Oh, they like don't, any of the games. They don't mean anything. Yeah. In the grand scheme of things, they don't mean anything. Because I, now I can get it for like you a little, say. Little,
0: little teams like, green
1: in your pocket. Right. Or... A little green in your pocket. You go play a team you may not play before and you get to claim you're the champion of the Music City Bowl like whippy dude you know what i mean like oh we're the alamo texas bowl champions yeah, go out on you high know note, you know you know what i mean like I, to me it just doesn't matter and i can get it for programs like arkansas state like liberty you know teams like that that that's your ceiling right yeah it, like a bowl game is your ceiling and i can get that but for lsu a bowl game don't mean nothing so
0: would you say it's for a program like LSU, it's
1: playoffs, New Year Six, or bust. It's New Year Six or playoffs. Yes. Yeah. Like you go to the playoffs or play in New Year Six, or it almost means nothing, and, and it almost means nothing for the New Year Six. You're not playing for a championship. You know what I mean? Like, it, just for me, I, with with being the program that LSU is, and and, and teams like A and M, and like Clemson and Georgia. You know, those high-tier programs, why does a bowl game matter? You should be competing for a championship. It's I mean, it's literally a consolation. Like, oh, you won eight games, so you can get in this tier of bowl games. Oh, well, well, you won ten games, but you lost two, so you're not quite good enough to get in the playoffs, but we'll put you in a New Year Six Bowl. It's a consolation bowl. I mean, that's all it is. So, to me, I just – I don't care about bowl games, but – you know, maybe in this season where you haven't had much to cheer for, your coach is fired, you don't want to have your first losing season. You know, in 21 years, you want to keep that streak alive. Mm-hmm. So as a fan of the Tigers, I want the bowl game. I will say this year, I want the bowl game. And I think my, my sourness towards bowl games came in the, the Les Miles era because we would be so highly ranked we'd be top 3 in the nation undefeated then we would go play bama and choke and then and then wind that, up in a bowl game yeah year after year after year and that's where i feel like my sourness maybe towards bowl games comes from and i feel like there's some truth to the fact that it's just a consolation but for this year you want the bowl game so you can finish with a winning season potentially a winning season so you can keep that strike that streak alive and you know, go out on this season on a high note because why not? You know, we're fans. You should support the team, show love for the team. You want them to win, right? Like yeah. you, you don't, you don't want them to go in there and you know lay down and die at the Aggies. But and for, especially for the seniors, you know, the yeah, guys that have been in the program
0: like, a long time. I mean, we mentioned like the yeah, uh, Neil Farrell, Glenn Logan, yeah, uh, and at, at Ingram. Pot- potentially, you know, guys leaving like. TDP and potentially, you know, Cordell Flott, you know. You want them to have
1: their Cam, last Cam game. Cam Lewis,
0: and, Todd Harris, those guys. Yeah.
1: You want their last game in, in Death Valley to, you know, be a memorable one. The a more good than they, memorable <laughs> that, experience. Yeah, a, a good memory to go out on. So, uh, you know, of course we're pulling for them. Um, so what – all that to say, what's your prediction on the game? What do you think is going to happen? My heart wants to pick the Tigers. It
0: really does, based on all the things we just said. And I can see it happening. I'm, I would not be surprised if LSU pulls out this game. My heart wants to pick them, but my my gut and probably just the from getting burnt A lot this season. I expected them to beat Kentucky. I expected them to beat uh, Auburn. I expected them to beat Arkansas. And we know how – I expected them to beat UCLA. Yeah. And we know how all those games went. At the beginning of the season, I know we weren't having this podcast, but I predicted we were going to lose two games, and it was going to be to Bama and Ole Miss. And we lost those games. I did not expect us to lose the other four games that we have. And I predicted us to be at A&M, but in my opinion, I think because of how I've been burnt this season, I just don't think I could pick them. And the main reason for that, the main reason that I'm going with A&M is because we can't score.
1: Yeah.
0: We cannot score. Uh, I mean, we've, we've mentioned it. We've, we've talked in frustration uh, so much about it and we don't have to do that on this podcast again, but, LSU's not going to score 30 points this game. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I'd be surprised if we hit 27 yeah. this game. Um, it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think LSU's defense is going to continue to play great and hold them um, in their scoring low. A&M also just doesn't score a lot of points. No, they don't. Uh, on, the, on the season, they're averaging around close to 30 points a game. Yeah, But ever since – um, Calzada took over, you take away the the Bama game and then the their, their scrub game, cupcake game, All right. I think they played last week. They haven't scored a lot of points. Yeah. They really haven't. They've been winning their games in low-scoring affairs. And so I think that this is going to be a low-scoring game and LSU is going to lose a – Nail-biter, another heartbreaker, and I'm going to hate to watch it if it happens that way. Again, I want, my heart wants to say, based on everything we just talked about, pick the Tigers, pick the Tigers. But I'm going to go with my gut here and say that A&M wins this game probably 24-21, to 21, something like that, 27-24 maybe. I, I just can't pick them. I, and I hate to say that; it breaks my heart to, to no. say that, but I just can't. I'm just re- I'm more so looking forward to the
1: next right next season, season the, the next regime, all that stuff. Yeah. So, I I'm going to pick a and too, but I want to lay this out for you, okay? Because this is actually pretty interesting. Calzada, Max Johnson. Max Johnson has almost 600 more yards passing than than Calzada. He has ten more touchdowns than Calzada on the season, and three less interceptions. And And
0: if you were were to ask, hey, A and M, what do you think about Calzada? They'd be like, well, you know, he started off pretty rough, but we like him now. He's like, you know, pretty good. You know, yeah. I mean, obviously with Bama, that's probably the basis for that. And then you ask LSU fans, you know, what do you think about Max Johnson? Well, he may not even be the starter next year. Maybe, yeah. well, maybe, maybe he holds the ball to him. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, blah. yeah. Like if we get Lincoln Riley, let's let's hope Caleb Williams comes with him. You know, right, right. <laughs> Walker Howard may take the job next year. You
1: know, so but I don't know. He's I will say you you know Cal's ought to played you know a few a, a few less games than him. Yeah, but Max true. Johnson's outperformed him by ten touchdowns, like and three less interceptions.
0: Has he played? I mean, Max Johnson was, didn't play in the Arkansas game. And I think Calzada, Calzada came in the second game of the
1: season. So I mean it's it's the same, basically. About the same. So he's outperformed Calzada. Period. And then you're like, and then you're like, okay, well, I, Isaiah Spiller is obviously their offensive threat. Well, you know, Isaiah Spinners is considered, you know, one of the best best backs in the SEC, right? hmm Well, he only has like um 70, eighty yards. Close to that. Seventy something yards more than Ty Davis Price. And has the same amount of touchdowns. 65. 65. 65 more yards and six. They both have six touchdowns. So that's dead even. You got Max Johnson who's outperformed Calzada. You're you're pretty much dead even with Isaiah Spiller and Ty Davis Price. And then you look at the leading receiver. (laughs) Kayshawn Bute's been at the top entire. Kayshawn Butte is still our leading receiver, and he has not played since Kentucky. He has 509 yards on the season and nine touchdowns. Guess who their leading receiver is? they their tight end, who has played the entire season, and he still has less receiving yards and touchdowns than Kayshawn Boutte does, and he ain't played since Kentucky. Kayshaun,
0: if, if you ever watch this, please do not leave. Please do not leave. Please. I know, I know we lost. Uh, uh, Don't transfer. I know we lost a five-star this past week. Sean, please. We
1: need Goodness. You. Hold on. Please stay. You are incredible, and you will do incredible with whoever comes next. You'll go first round. You're still going to go first round. Then back. So he hasn't played since Kentucky, and he, ha- he still has more yards than their leading receiver and has five more touchdowns than their leading receiver. Yeah. So all that to say, like you said, This is not going to be an offensive battle. It's not. And as you can see, LSU could potentially have the advantage when it comes to offense. Now, I think Texas A&M is better schemed offensively. But like I said, statistically, it leans LSU a little bit. So where does LSU lose this game? Right? That's the question. Um, and it's defense. As well as our defense has played. Right? I'm don't. I'm not i not going to say – I'm not saying our defense is going to struggle, but compared to A&M's defense, man, A&M's defense is elite. It's elite. It's one of the top defenses in the country. And when you talk about how uh, the past few weeks our offense has been so dry, so stale – it ain't going to be able to do nothing against this A&M defense. And I think that with our depleted defense, as injured as it's been, and it still is, right, um, I think that their offense will just overpower our, our depleted defense a little bit more than our pathetic offense will their, you know, extremely talented elite defense. And so I'm I'm predicting that a m wins 28-17. 28-17 will be my prediction for the game. <sighs> um I hate to say that. I hate to think that we're going to be you know 5 and 7 losing season. But the good thing is is we're about to see a change. All of this crud is as a result is a result of the coaching staff that is there the the head coach that is there yep who doesn't understand uh how to hire hiring, coordinators hiring
0: roster management public the field, relations uh, I mean the only thing he knows how to do is uh hype his team up when he takes his shirt off <laughs> and yeah. you know goes to the middle of the field and Tuscaloosa and this is our house you now. know oh. makes promises you know that that he can't uphold yeah, I just he's a hype man. That's I mean, that's really all he is. He's a he's hype an man recruiter. and he and he knows defensive line and yeah. he can recruit because he is a hype man. Right,
1: right. And he, that's why. And he's been chasing the he's Joe a great Brady assistant, ghost assistant coach. He's been chasing the Joe Brady ghost for too long, and it's costing. It's in fact cost him his job.
0: He ain't been chasing the Joe Brady ghost. He's been chasing the Joe Brady goes to <laughs> he's been chasing the 2019 football team. Period goes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Joe Burrow, Justin Jefferson, all the, which is. I mean, we have those guys. I mean, Kayshawn Butte. I mean,
1: pfft, you don't guys. have Joe Burrow, but you got Kayshawn Butte. I mean, you
0: got Max Johnson. Who's that's had, a round one pick. Max Johnson has better play than than all the other quarterbacks we had in less miles,
1: for sure. We complain about Max Johnson's play, but.
0: If you Joe Burrow, uh, they <laughs> they said it back in 2019, and it has become so true. Joe, they said it over and over again. Joe Burrow is going to spoil us. It's going to He's become gonna yeah. uh, quarterback at LSU is going to become this huge high expectation now because of Joe Burrow and the season he had, <laughs> and now we are scoffing at the point that Max Johnson has two thousand yards.
1: 24 touchdowns.
0: 24 touchdowns and shoot if we had that back with Less Miles. When we had with Less Miles when we'd we had, be, when we be had be Odell nuts.
1: Beckham and Jarvis
0: Landry, we would have won an Eddie.
1: We'd be going nuts. If we had, had Max Johnson in 2011, we'd be Bama. Yeah. <laughs> we'd, 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 we'd be Bama. Bama. <laughs> yeah.
0: We'd be Bama. We, we don't see. lose 8 years straight if we have Max Johnson any of those years.
1: So, I mean, yeah. Uh we're probably gonna lose this game it is what it is but we got something to look forward to very soon and we're gonna we're gonna we've talked about it pretty extensively the last two episodes so we want to wrap up the episode here with briefly um, highlighting the coaching search because it seems like like I, like I've been saying these last few episodes it's coming down to the end. Folks, We're it really four days is. away, possibly. Yeah, I, I mean, potentially. Ne- next episode, we may be talking about the new coach, right?
0: Very, very. So,
1: possible. you can erase Billy Napier. It's a he, done he, deal. He's in going to Florida. It's just not signed yet. Now, now, he would take the LSU job over Florida like that in a heartbeat, but he ain't the man that LSU wants.
0: So and I don't blame them. If Riley loses on Saturday and then loses the next Saturday and Napier well, if he
1: look, signed. It, you're saying if they win Saturday and then lose in the Big 12 championship? Yeah, I'm sorry.
0: If they win on Saturday and, I mean, win ne- the next Saturday, I mean, is Napier going to sign with Florida before then?
1: No. Florida's not going to announce until after the Sun so Belt then, championship. So then, Which all this Nibir Mark Stoops
0: be. talk, maybe they, too much because if if you get past Lincoln, then and as you said, Napier is going to take that job. Yeah. I have to believe that
1: they would offer Napier the job over Mark Stoops. Now, here's the thinking. Okay, put this into perspective. You pay money get rid of Joe Oliva. You pay money to get Scott over here. You pay twenty six million to say goodbye to this staff. Do you think those people spending that money want to hire ULL's coach? I I agree, but I also
0: feel like Mark Stoops is kind of I know it's Kentucky, now, but I feel like he's in that boat. But Mark
1: Stoops is the fall guy. That's what I'm saying here. You don't settle, right? You don't settle. Um and I'm I'm here to tell you they are going to offer Lincoln Riley a fat contract, like I've said, a hundred million eight years they are about to make Lincoln Riley the highest paid college football coach in the entire nation ever ever number one number two, they are going to make him the second highest paid coach period, NFL and college the only person that'll be making more money than Lincoln Riley at Belichick. LSU is Belichick. Yep. Now, you tell me if he's going to say no to that. <laughs> You're he's telling bad. me Lincoln Riley is going to say no to being the second highest paid coach in Ever. college and NFL combined and the highest paid in college history. football coach in history? you telling me he's going to say no to that? No. You're dumb. You're, You're dumb. You are dumb you are if you are offered. drinking the Kool Aid if you think he's going to say no to that. And here's the here's the other thing: the rumors around Oklahoma is that the money the money people there in Oklahoma are right. not going to match it. Right. We can't pay this. They're not going to match it, and and their pockets aren't as deep. In their Oklahoma pockets Oklahoma aren't as deep as in Norman. No, their pockets aren't as deep in Norman. And the thought is, in which it may make Lincoln want to leave even more. The thought is, we don't have to spend that kind of money because we don't need Lincoln. If you think about it, why in the world would Lincoln Riley stay at Oklahoma who ain't SEC ready when you have LSU who is already in the SEC, SEC ready, born and bred SEC, and they're offering you to be the second highest paid coach in the nation. They're offering you to be the highest paid college football coach in history. You're telling me – you think he says no to that? No. No. No, the answer is no. The, the key to this thing is the next two games. Now, if he loses Saturday, I think they're announcing Lincoln Monday, maybe Sunday. If they lose Saturday, I think within 48 hours. At the most, 72, I think.
0: At the most.
1: I, I think they're bringing Lincoln Riley to the podium.
0: You heard it here. OK State wins Saturday. Lincoln Riley will be our LSU's football head coach.
1: Uh-huh. If yes, our prediction is he'll be. We've the been coach. talking about in the last three episodes. Yes, we've been you know we've been alluding to this a little bit, and I want to say right here, right now, the episode before this happens, before this goes down, if Oklahoma loses, we're going to be announcing Lincoln Riley as coach next week, and. You better believe. If it ain't on the next podcast, it's for sure on the next Oh, podcast. no, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. So let's talk situational here. And I know you've kind of, you know, you don't want – you don't like the Mark Stoops, right? So say like Lincoln-Riley, which I think it's kind of improbable to win the next two games, in my opinion. Oklahoma oh, State is, is favored. It's at, uh, they have Still to play water. in Stillwater. I mean, I, I, I just think that Oklahoma... I, you know, all biases aside, you know, from wanting Lincoln-Riley, I think if you're just looking at the game, I think Oklahoma's
0: going to lose. Do you think the Lincoln-Riley talk and all the smoke around that could, I mean, potentially affect the game and I mean, could the team and could.
1: players, Lincoln, the coaches? It surely could. Uh, It surely could, but... I just think Oklahoma's going to lose the football game, you know, aside from me wanting Lincoln. And like I said, you know, we said, if he if he loses, I think we're out him as coach. Um, the issue is, say he wins Saturday, say he goes to the Big 12, play Oklahoma State again. So if they win Saturday, it's a rematch in the Big 12 championship. And if he wins both games – one loss Oklahoma Big Twelve champion is probably in the playoffs. Yeah. Now they the, are in the playoffs. They yeah right they they are in the playoffs. The only way I wouldn't foresee them being in the playoffs is one loss Georgia, one loss Bama, one loss Ohio State and undefeated Cincinnati. I I I think they put Oklahoma in
0: over Cincinnati. Still, you think so? Yeah and they probably would they've already yeah. they've already shown they probably would they've already shown that they are not going to put cincinnati over a power five
1: conference i mean they got him in right now they yeah have but that's because of oregon right losing their second game yeah that's the only reason why yeah so if if he wins the next two games most likely he's in the playoffs and all bets are off at that point right Regardless of the batch contract, all bets are off. You, you go coach and try to win an actual championship. Um, It'd be something,
0: though, if he took the time after going be, to the
1: playoffs. That would be unheard of, right? Um, I don't know. With
0: this track record and always losing in the semifinal,
1: you never know. But situationally, if that happens, it sounds like Mark Stoops will be the fall guy. And... If you, you know, LSU fans are going to shake their head at that, right? And, and I, 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 I have the same people. feeling, like, you know, you feel like you strike out with Lincoln, it's just you're settling, right? I mean, I mean, you are, right? You're settling for who's going to absolutely take the job, right? Like Mark Stoops will absolutely take the job. <laughs> That's kind of your bottom floor. Now, I really, really would like – for them if if he were to run that table. Like I said, Florida ain't announcing uh, Napier until after the Sun Mountain Championship. So I, I really would love for them to sweep in and take that because Napier would take the job if offered by LSU. Um, I really wish they would do that, but it sounds like Woodward ain't considering it.
0: I know. I, just, uh,
1: I trust Woodward. I, I do, trust Woodward, I and it sounds like – He really likes Stoops. And you know what? I I mean, if you, in in my gut, you you know, you're just like, you know, Mark Stoops, Kentucky, like, you know, really? Why? Why? We we hired a basketball school's head coach. But, I mean, look at what they've done this year, Zach. They've been impressive this year. And they sure as heck beat the dog out of us. They did. I mean, they torched us. Um, you can't recruit quarterbacks he, he, to Kentucky. Mark Stoops made Ed Order on his baby. You, yeah, like Kentucky cannot recruit anywhere near the level a team like LSU could. You know what I'm saying? Like they never have quarterbacks. Never have quarterbacks like they are recruiting like three star four star is their like, you know, like max. Max. Right, and so they're mostly, like for LSU, a max is five-star, and you may get one or two five-stars a season by a recruiting season. For them, their max is four-star. LSU mostly gets four-stars and a few five-stars. So if they're only getting a few four-stars, they're mostly getting three-stars. Yeah, And what they're working with is three-star, four-star recruits, very few four-star recruits, and Juco's. And what Mark Stoops has done at Kentucky, winning consistently, and especially this year, has been impressive with three-star Juco-type talent players in in the SEC, in the SEC. So, and I think he's just a – he's a hard-working coach. I mean, just – just a blue collar guy, you know what I mean. Uh, he he cares. He's passionate. He loves his players, and obviously, he can develop like crazy. If you're developing, which has not been the case with or Not been the case at LSU recently. If you can take the program of developing three star recruits into a ten win season at Kentucky, haven't they won? They're about to win ten, right? If they win their bowl game or something like that.
0: They're close to it. If not,
1: I mean, even fact nine me is on like, that. you know, wow. Right, yeah, nine, fact check me on that. But if you can get three-star, JUCO-type talent to play at that level in the SEC and take that development program and put it into LSU, you know what I mean? Like, with four-star, five-star, the type of talent that LSU is bringing in, maybe it doesn't sound too bad. You know what I mean? And that's kind of what we've been talking about a little bit, right? Yeah. Like, the last three coaches have won. They're at eight wins. They're at eight wins. So they have the potential. They got Louisville. Win. They win the bowl game. That's that's ten. They're looking at a ten-win season, potentially. And that's incredible in the SEC, to finish the the season with a bowl game, ten wins with a Kentucky team. Yeah. So if you take that development program, put it into LSU – and you've seen what LSU has done with Ed Orgeron and with Les Miles. Mm-hmm. Les Miles won a championship and played for another one. And I don't think ever had a season
0: where he, he won less than seven games. Or eight. No, it was eight.
1: So Because in 2008, they went eight and five after they won the bowl game. We, have, we have talked about this. Like, if you put a competent coach into LSU – There's no telling what you could accomplish, and you saw that with Nick Saban. Nick Saban was a competent coach, and people will say, oh, that's Nick Saban, whatever, whatever. No, that was Nick Saban when we hired him from Michigan State. Before he was Nick Saban. That was his first national championship in all of college football. So that was before he was the Nick Saban as you know him now. And so you get – First national title, Nick Saban. You get Les Miles, who won a championship and played for another. Then you have Ed Orgeron, who put together arguably the greatest team in the history of college football at LSU. So you take that, and then you take Mark Stoops, who's had a success and development at a low-tier type of recruiting school. And plug that into five five star, four star, LSU type of play. Have you not seen the same thing with Billy Napier though? You can say the same thing with Billy Napier, right? That's what I'm trying I, to I tell know, you. I know you're huffing at, at Mark Stoops, but like, you, how could you go wrong? So I guess I guess
0: I see your point. man. I, I guess you're saying like I don't think you, can you go see wrong. The same, because you see the same thing with Napier. It's going to be a lot more make a lot more sense for LSU to go after a Power 5 coach. It's a Power 5 coach? An SEC coach. Yes. Over someone like Billy Napier when you have Mark Stoops who, yes. who's basically the Billy Napier but at a lot at a bigger higher school tier.
1: Yeah, like Billy Type Napier school. has had, you know, 10 win seasons and that's impressive at yeah. ULL. It's absolutely impressive at the, at a Group of 5 Sunbelt ULL school. Well, Mark Stoops is at Kentucky Power 5 and has taken this completely irrelevant program, and made them into a really decent football team. I mean, they beat Florida. They beat the dog out of LSU. And at one point in time, we're top ten in the nation. I mean, going into into the Georgia game, Georgia and Kentucky were the only undefeated teams in the SEC.
0: They handled the success a lot better than Arkansas did. So,
1: yeah, I I mean, so I'm just – I'm just saying if Lincoln doesn't work out, which I think it's going to work out, in my opinion, it's going to work out, and it will be a big, splashy hire, if you fall back to Mark Stoops, you say, okay, we didn't get the, you know, oh, my gosh, we just hired Lincoln Riley type of feeling. Yeah. But it's still Mark Stoops, and it's been a consistent winning, consistent developing, competent coach who has success at Kentucky, and you plug that into LSU. And I will say, like, Mark
0: seems like he's just this genuine, like, really just. Yeah. I mean, obviously we've talked a lot about, you know, clean hire. He's like definition clean. of clean hire. Clean, just clean, clean. One of those guys that seems like he just knows
1: how to run the program, and you would just love to be around. And. And another thing is, is people say he can recruit his tail off because of his personality. Like people fall he's in love. He's genuine. With him. People fall in love with him.
0: You don't even have to know him. I mean, just watching him, just watching just him watch as a normal I mean, fan, it yeah. just seems like he's just this nice, awesome, easygoing, genuine head coach.
1: So, I know we said to be brief, but <laughs> we are getting his this coaching stuff. and Yeah, we're about 23 minutes on the head coaching. <laughs> For real? Okay. Well, let's wrap it up. So, Lincoln Riley. We think it's gonna be Lincoln Riley. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And if you fall I'd, back I'd say I'd say it's ninety percent ninety five. Right, right. To to finish it up, Lincoln Riley is a huge chance. If not, take a deep breath. Mark Stoops will be okay. He'll do just fine here at LSU. Look, guys. Man, it's been really fun doing it in person for the first time. I've really you know, enjoyed this. You know, I enjoy it, of course, how we normally do it, but this is fun being right here together and whatnot. Yeah, it so it's a blast. Um, hey, yeah, happy Thanksgiving. We really appreciate it. We're thankful for all of you who continue to support us, uh, continue to listen to podcasts. Hey, if you don't mind, share it on your social media. Create some more buzz around this podcast. We'd love for more fans, more people to come. And listen to us, and we really enjoy it, and we really appreciate it. Hey, that's it for episode number six, In the Tigers Avenue. We'll catch you later. Peace.
0: In the LSU Tigers, LSU Tigers.